It's good. <laughs> it's really good. Wow. It was really great visiting with her. You guys are in for a treat. Yeah, Dora Spectacular with Mark Gacular and Greg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this conversation went way better than I think Dora had hoped. Well, it's interesting that her and I were starting off in sort of low places for different reasons. Yeah, and, and then... Um, Glitter Puss here comes in for a little bit of a uh, of jovialness and levity, and, not levity. Uh, and then the strokes continue. Anyway, yeah, it was really beautiful to hang with her. Had a lot more of a personal experience than I was expecting. Yeah, we talk about fashion and we talk about personal transformation. And what it means to fully express yourself and deal with parental issues. Like it's a whole, it covers a whole area. And uh, just as a reminder, please subscribe and like the episode. And then also go to our website and click on the the shop and buy some of our merch. And then also we want to thank our sponsor, Adrenochrome Cola. And um, there's a special treat at the end for those who make it all the way through. The question that is asked of all of our guests, today's answer is bar none, one of the most mind-blowing answers we've gotten so far. So definitely stick around to the end. And if you can't stand that, well, then at least fast forward to the end and listen to it. Two outlaws on the lamb, taking the back roads through America. You can't drink enough coffee for this show. And now it's time for Monday Madness with the Moped Outlaws, Greg and Mark. And we're live with another episode of Moped Outlaws. And we're here with very special guest, Dora Spectacular. Also, Hello, Dora. hello. And one of y'all stole my name. <laughs> <laughs> I see Mark Tackler here. I didn't have my glasses, so I'm kind of looking at the screen going, oh my gosh. Um, we are I- prepared to have a fabulous time, Dora. We are prepared to have a fabulous okay. time. And for the audience, Dora has a master's in joy from the Stand Forward Universe of Positivity. <laughs> and uh, she is here as a human being. But one of the things I'm super excited about is that I think she can help us upshift and uplift Greg's Tower Puss. <laughs> oh, wait, Greg's, Greg's pardon? Sour Puss. Oh, okay. Okay. You mean turn him and t- kind of like to a sweet cherry pie kind of type? Oh, he's pie. sweet. He's super sweet. But, but a tart, we, a little know. bit of tart. A little bit fact, of tart. I'm going to start by coloring up a little bit because okay. Dora, oh. you, you're inspiring. And I think that it's I important for us to just get off on the right foot. And Greg, I just want you to know that uh-huh. this is glitter. Oh my I'm giving God. you some glitter, Greg. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh I'm my- da- you're dazzling up too much. I mean, really, you're going to be the show. So are we going to... No, I, I promise I won't be the show. The but show. I am setting setting the proper standard here because Dora Spectacular, you are making a huge impact in the world. And we are so glad you could be here. And uh, we're really looking forward to having a conversation. And feel free to ask us any questions you want. I'm sparkling. It's so fun. Well, you're actually, it's blinding. (laughs) You're already sparkling. Now you're like blinding, but I'm going to hang in there. And do I need to get my, can I put my sunglasses on? (laughs) Only yeah. carry the red ones. I got it. The red ones. I'm surprised to see you without glasses on. I thought uh, well, sometimes I like to. Sometimes you know, eyes are the window to the soul. Mine are a little tired today, as I told you, because my con- neighbor was doing construction at six in the morning. Mine were a little tired, but sometimes I like to just come and like you know, bear my soul. All right. Okay. So speaking of soul. <laughs> Um, I saw you share that 
part of your majesty was realizing you had a relationship with God and that God created you frighteningly and wonderfully. <laughs> frighteningly. I know fearfully is a little scary. And fearfully. I know that people, I once worked with a lady from Los Angeles and she's like, I don't think people will get the fearfully. And I was like, really? You know, okay, if you don't think so, I'll just omit it, you know. But no, fearfully, it's it's frightfully, it's a good word because it means that you have a healthy respect. That's how we interpret it. Yes, I had grown up in a dysfunctional Asian family. I had two scientists for parents, and their PhDs were not in parenting, but they did their best. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, I mean, there were a few sweet moments, but it was generally very tough. And my dad favored my brothers. It was very Asian. You know, my mom served everybody at the dinner table and then sat down last. It was like, you know what I'm saying? When you're growing up in America, it doesn't fly. I mean, if you were in China, it might work, but not in America. And so I grew up and also, actually, my dad had a temper too. So when I began to see in my life that someone really loved me, loved me, I needed that. And how, how was that experienced? You know what? I remember I had been meeting and becoming friends with not in college, but after some people that were pretty strong believers. And I, I thought, oh my gosh, th- these people have a lot of joy. And I mean, they're still my friends, you know, and, you know, I see them differently now. I think before I was like, oh, you know, I was like ready to like bow down and worship, you know, people. But now, you know, they're people with their own issues and everything, but they're still good friends. And I saw they had something And so that kind of chiseled away at me. And I remember a friend of mine brought me a book and it just, it's something in my heart got full. I had been searching. And then just through a series of uh, many experiences, traveling, hardships, I, you know, my eyes got bigger and, you know, you see God, like you see your father. So I didn't want to see God as being, fair and loving me unconditionally because my real father had issues with that. And I couldn't see my heavenly father like that, that it took some time to beat it in my head. And it's like, I knew that he loved me. And I actually, I think he actually told me once that, you know, you are my daughter, you are my daughter, you are my child. And it just changed me. And the beautiful thing is that, you know, if you have unconditional love, which is what we all need, it kind of gives you some freedom to kind of grow because you're not in so much fear about what other people think or maybe what you're doing. And it gave me some freedom in my life to start kind of experimenting with who I was and you know when some doors closed in my life I devoted some time to just really looking at all the lies that I believed about myself and it was hard and then trading them for what God said about me and you know that was really that was a step of faith but I noticed once I did that I didn't have to go back it was a done deal oh wow I didn't have to wallow back you know, right, I'm saying, right. you, you know, growing is in stages. So sometimes right. you have to go back and do things again. But with those certain issues, I didn't, it was like, it was pretty solid. And I just started noticing that a lot of people seem to have these deep insecurities. And I could tell that they came from, you know, childhood issues or just believing the wrong thing about themselves. So that's kind of become my platform. I haven't really started. You ain't seen nothing yet. Because I've got this new talk and we've been working on, I've taken a break on social media for three months. I'm coming back. 
but we have a new talk and I'm going to start speaking it out. I've spoken a few times and it's been, I can tell it, it was really cool. It was like really connecting and making, you know, people were taking notes and laughing. It was good. And then we have a new project coming out. Also, it's a new show project. And oh, we have this celebrity starring and it's a lot of drama, a lot of comedy and a lot of therapeutic aspects. Well, congratulations on oh, both. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. My do- yeah. I saw my doctor the other day and she goes, do you think you have enough energy? And I went, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, maybe not, but yeah, I do. I'm not worried about it. So anyway, it's just neat to like have finally feel you know, that, oh, how do I say, feel that you, that you're like where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Do y'all feel like like a feeling like you're home? Yeah. feel Yeah. Do y'all feel like that? Oh yeah. (laughs) Especially when we're together, especially when we're here. Oh, that's great. Isn't it? Things kind of come together, don't they? You're in your element. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Was there ever like a precipitatory event that, like, a crisis or a mass, something that led you into the awareness of God, or was it a slow kind of transformation, or was there kind of a moment where you really felt the need to for intervention, and that your prayer was answered? How's what was the transformation experience like for you? I when it started happening. It was a it was a process, but it was such a journey for me because remember I mentioned that I'd read a book. Mm-hmm. The book was called, a friend brought it to me. It was called Heinz Feed on High Places. And it was about this girl called Little Metrafraid. And she goes through all this stuff and then she goes back to where she the abusive background that she came from and she's able to, you know, to help people. It's kind of like an allegory. Something like that. I hope no one, well, if you re- your listeners read it, they might come back at you and say, it's not at all what she said. <laughs> but it was still good. It's still good. Well, that's what, great, that's what great art is. It allows you to see what you see in it, right? Yes. So it had something for you in it. Yes, it did. And it was just a beautiful. And I just remember that this great emptiness in my heart was kind of filled up. Mm. That I, you know, and it's like, I think in a way I've gone through several stages in my life where I tried to fill that emptiness. And then I started developing, you know, and being more open to my faith, but it really takes, I think, being in a crisis situation sometimes if you're, if you haven't grown up in that, you know, or been exposed to it very much, it does take a crisis for people to like lay down and say, Hey, I can't do this. Do you know what I mean? Surrender is a tremendous part of this process. Surrender is a tremendous part of this process. Yeah. And yeah, you understand because we're humans are kind of made to like (laughs) run the show, but they're not supposed to really, I think. To a certain point, you know what I mean? It's like we yeah. think well, our, our hearts are supposed to run the show, but not our egos. Yeah, egos are, yeah, yeah, egos are just they just get in the way, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they're they're the thing that it, they're like the little pea under the mattress that helps us become uh queens instead of princesses. <laughs> mm. <laughs> All right, so with this very ethereal talk of God and Mm -hmm. value and depth. Mm -hmm. Your passion is in fashion. Yes, I do love fashion. I dream in outfits. (laughs) Remember the designer and the the size and the color. I'm just joking. But I find that it's such a cool way to be something that you want to be if you want to be someone else. And it's such a cool way to be an artist. If you have a little bit of creativity in you, or you can develop that creativity and there's really no big requirement except for time 
and thought because there's so many options available these days. There, people can go to thrift stores. They can go to Salvation Army. You know, there's resale outlets. There's online resale. My favorite outlet is a resale outlet. It sells high fashion, you know, designer, yeah. but it's resale. And I have a friend who works in very exclusive fashion. I have a couple friends who do. We're all on the the dies. We're at we're on the last page of the 60% off resale, looking at all the things that other people didn't buy that are gems, you know, snapping them up for nothing or almost nothing. And it, it's it's kind of like a really good feeling that I guess you get kind of used to it. It's like Carl Lagerfeld had his uniform. You know, people have their uniform. You you can you kind of know your uniform, and it's it just becomes a part of you. And I know that many years ago, I now she's big and everybody wants her. It's Simone Rocha, for example. Now she's like in all the press. She did a collaboration recently with Gautier and it's everywhere, all the press. But I discovered her like eight years ago and I bought it up on like resale outlets and, you know, 75% off and made it work for me, had it sized, you know? And, you know, I'm always going to love her, but she made me feel like, I mean, like a princess, but I didn't have to put peas into my mattress. I don't know what it was, but anyway. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and it's like that kind of like, I kind of grew with that. She had all the tool and now, you know, it's kind of out now. People are kind of tooled out because H&M's done collaborations and all these people, like they did a collaboration with her about, I think it was about four years ago. And it's kind of, some of the things that she did are now, you know, very passe, but and she's doing new things, but it's like a mixture of that, a mixture of maybe some punk, a mixture of some leather, you know, and that's what I love. And and it and like today is a denim day, just easy, comfortable, easy breezy. This was a guy shirt, and isn't it cool? It's it got is. oh hat. yeah. And yeah. I I got it I got it for a really good deal on a resale site, and I had it altered to fit me. You know, they had to cut half the shirt off, but, you know. Yeah. So have you had, have you had any inclination or been approached or any desire to work with people like Tim Gunn and Project Runway or any of Uh, those sorts of shows? No, because that, you know what, I, you're, that's so sweet. Really. (laughs) You just made my day. Tim, are you going to (laughs) call? Okay. So it. I did get, well, it didn't go through, but I did get picked up to, and we, I've been on hold for a couple of reality shows, but thank the Lord they didn't work out, you know, with major networks, like something didn't work out because I just think I would have been clobbered by some of the people on them. But I did get picked for one because the star thought there was a Dora too, and he, she had worked for Alexander McQueen. So he yeah. turned up later that, he picked me because he thought I worked for Alexander McQueen. Uh, oh, wait, no, oh dear. I worked for Alexander McQueen. Oh my gosh. That's why we picked you, but it's okay. We love you. And <laughs> we're watching the Alexander McQueen documentary on, on television right now at home. And oh, it's cool. Amazing. Oh yeah. yeah. Is that the one that came out years ago? Are you watching that? It one? must be. Yeah. It, it was tragic, be. wasn't it? about his life and well and he's dark like a lot of his stuff yeah. has this like yeah. and then he's sort of like jazz because from what i glean like he throws things in the middle of right before the show he's creating the last bits of it it's it's an organic process right up to the last minute and he has no rules and you know people i think people think of him as just like the howard stern of fashion he's not his shock value's there because we're all so stick up our butt you know creatively and here he comes with like yeah i'm going to take some saran wrap and a bird feather and you guys are going to drool and i guess that's good that the saran wrap is there 
But um, nonetheless, I, I sort of think of you, Dora, as well, someone who would love to play in that arena. Like, w- if I could, like, magically push a button right now and put you on, on the red carpet um, with, you know, one of those shows that does the red carpet shows, would you do it? Would you want to do it? Well, actually, you know, Martaculorness. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to let you know that that is so sweet. And I have to tell you, I did get an opportunity to interview at the the Paris Couture, and there were other opportunities that could have come out of that. But I have to tell you, it wasn't it wasn't what I was supposed to do. Hmm. It's, it's like fashion is so great, but you know, COVID happened, and it gave me an opportunity to like kind of step back from all that stuff, and you know, I because. I did love Paris, the Paris Couture. I have to tell you, that was a glorious experience being there. It really was. So the people, the clothing, the venues, just talking to people. It was a buzz in the air. Pardon? The buzz in the air. That's just. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was great. New York doesn't hold, wasn't like that for me because I did, I covered New York like five times. And you don't, when you cover New York, New York Fashion Week, it doesn't mean you go to, 50 shows because the shows are all like most of them are at either pier 59 or at spring studios. A few of them are spread out across the city. You can maybe get, if you're covering the show, like I was, you could maybe get to two or three a day. That's it. Cause it's just like hard. You getting around or maybe four, if you're really rushing at Paris, I was good to cover two a day. Because it's just crazy. Yeah. So if you're going to these shows, you're maybe going to cover two. If you're really getting around, you might get to four. But it's not like you're covering all the shows. And then at all the shows, you've got the before the show scene. Then you've got the show. Then you've got the after the show scene. So I'd be trying to, to talk to everybody before the show. Maybe talk to the designer afterwards at a couple of them. And... People are in a rush. People don't want to talk about themselves except how they're looking or what they're wearing. Mm. It's really hard to go and get someone to open up. And so what I've discovered is that the wellness and like what I learned about myself through my healing, what I've seen in other people, that's become like, I think more of my life calling like the fashion is a passion, but the wellness I think is where it's at. Cause I probably, I had opportunities and I didn't want to, I just didn't want to pursue it. So the show that you spoke of at the beginning of our talking, mm-hmm. is it a one woman show? No. Oh no, no, no. The motivational talk, is is kind of like a one woman show because there's a little bit of comedy and I act out. Right. Things. But then the and there's a little bit of music. I'm not a musician, but my what my coach film taped a few things. We're going to add some as I go. And then the other show is like a sitcom. Right, but the, the, the that one woman show, the motivational. Yeah. Yes. Don't you have some clips on your YouTube channel? Just a little thirty second. Like I think. I saw you talking about you bought something and it was too snug. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, you know what? Though That was my first try. That was at a summit back last year, last fall. And that was my first try. And, I mean, yes, I have those. I think they're better on my Instagram. My Instagram is really the best place because we put everything on there versus YouTube. I'm really not on YouTube. I don't even look at it. But <laughs> I, I really don't. I but we put everything on the Instagram and those are the, there are two little excerpts there and parts of them are in my, my new talk. And but that, that, what I was getting from it is just what you just said, that fashion is your passion and it's like the frosting and the cake is the real personal things you've, learned in your life journey that is so beautifully said your foot is 
like fitting so beautifully in your mouth. (laughs) It's like someone painted his foot toenails and put beautiful diamond rings on them. Oh, so many like 15 carat Tiffany diamonds. I mean, exquisite with, with, oh my gosh, polished to a fine glisten that no jeweler in the world could do. So how long do we have to wait to, to experience this? Well, I, let's see. Huh, let me think for a minute. It probably may be in the next, oh gosh, we have a project that we're going to put out on Instagram. Can I tell you about it real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's going to, I want, you guys need to watch it when it comes out. The drive is okay. going to be, the drive is coming from LA. I had an LA producer on it, but we're not going to sell it. We're going to post it. We decided. Okay. And it's a hot day mess show. <laughs> hot day that turns into a hot mess. And then there's therapy. We have a love coach who's really famous in Dallas and she kind of analyzes it and we give our input and we give very practical advice. So that is the next thing coming along with just some fun stuff. And then I maybe in the, after that, like probably after about a month, you should start to see some stuff. Okay. Yes. Yes. And your Instagram channel will be where all this Yes, and again, I haven't been active for three months, right. but we're, I'm going to start coming back and it was really good to take a break. I don't usually do that, but it was great. Yeah, again, it's at Dora Spectacular for those of you who want to get at it now. And of course, we'll push uh, a link to it when we Thank publish you. the show as well. That is and, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'll find you there. Um, I promise not to slide into your DMs unless I'm wearing uh, glitter. <laughs> yes, I. It's a it's a requirement now. <laughs> Are you wearing glitter? <laughs> I am. I, I put it on at the beginning of the show. It's still no, on no, there. I think some some of it got stuck in my T-shirt. It's going to be here forever. You know how you know glitter what? is. It's gonna. You're going to be wearing it for years. <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's, yeah. You know. You're, but you're just a glittery person. I love glitter. I'm, I was joking. It won't. You won't be wearing it for years unless you want to. <laughs> well, I have glitter in my soul, which is odd for a heterosexual man who feels very masculine. But you know what? I was raised to appreciate that. You know. How, now, how did you develop your love for glitter? Um, I think it's through the music of the Grateful Dead. Really. Yeah. Um, you know, in the eighties and nineties, uh, I had access to that, to those performances with the original Grateful Dead. And in that environment, you're, you're able to be whomever you choose. It was one of the first uh, really safe spaces for people. And people forget about this because there's so much about psychedelics and drugs and the hippie movement that they forget that there were transgender people in there and, and all sorts of different types of people that had, um, there's a freedom in that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Greg and I were also part of something uh, in those at that era called the Bohos. And the Bohos had a line of t-shirts and other things that were um, sort of like Pollock. They were white with all this incredible paint splatter. And the, the, the byline, the slogan, or the branding was Color Me Gone. Right. Which is this again, it's like I'm so far out there. You just, you can't even see I'm gone. Right. And so in that environment, realize that life. Right. Life is better when it's spectacular. You know, when it's not, we're, and right. we're, in, when you're, we're invited when you're, to really shine as people. Yeah. It's God's yeah. gift. You know what? It inspired you to reach out and not be like everybody else. Like you didn't have, yeah, I couldn't help that. (laughs) There was no way I was going to be like everybody else. When did you know that? When did you you guys know that you were not like everybody else? Greg, do you want to answer that question? When did we know that we're not like everybody else? No, when did you know? And and I'll tell about my When did I know? I'm still, you're not like exploring it. I'm still not clear on that. (laughs) Got it. So for me, it was well before that. It was when I was about seven and my parents rented out the garage to a Buddhist monk. 
And um, incidentally, that was the first age I tried cannabis as well. And so at seven years old, I was exposed to these two powerful things, Buddhist meditation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're, oh, and then, oh, wait a minute. I think you're, I can't hear because you're. I think we lost Mark temporarily. Yes. I can yeah. hear you. Okay. Well, go ahead. Can you go ahead and finish? What were you saying? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Your frame is. Yeah, so the story is that was the moment where I realized that, you know, because I was living in this area of the Bay. Ooh, now I'm gone. We hear you still. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, my browser's doing crazy things. Oh, I'm back. Yay. Anyway, so that was the era where a lot of things were changing in San Francisco Bay Area, and my parents were right in the heart of it. And so I had this sense that. The way I saw things on TV, like Brady Bunch, was not what it was really going to be like for me. And I got to this place where I was aware that there's all these rules that didn't apply. Mm-hmm. And I just carried that forward. And, and ultimately, and I got into my adolescence, got to be problematic because I had these really unrealistic expectations about the world was going to be like. And that whole idea of freedom of expression and that we get to define new ways of being for ourselves, it really bit the dust hard in, in, in terms of the way teenagers treat each other. But I, I soldiered on and I, I stayed committed to the possibility of being um, something greater than the limitations of my fears. And that's partially how I met Greg. Like we've known each other since the early 80s, which was a couple of years after I got out of high school. And he embodies that too, even though he, in this conversation, he's sort of being a little bit conservative and kind of hiding a little bit deep down. That guy's a wildcat. He's like leopard print tie dye inside. (laughs) But here's the, the reason why I answered, I'm still exploring it is part of our conversation is about God and God is about oneness and if that is truly the realm I want to be conscious in, mm-hmm. then I'm not different from anybody. Well, but you, but you are different because there's no, well, he made you differently. Like you're, there's like, you are totally Greg. I mean, how do I say this again? Like, like, like you're a, like he's so incredible, he could put, make you and make you totally different than than anybody. And You're like also- a golden fabric woven through the continuum of a the giant carpet of of oneness. You're yeah. not like the same yeah. color as everything else, right? You well, oneness is. I mean, I, I don't know about that. I think. I I don't think I've really heard that. I think it's like you can feel at peace. You can feel, you know, at one with somebody. You can feel at one with God, but I don't think it makes you feel like you are have to fit into this mold to belong to that oneness. I mean, that's... So fitting in, like, God is eternal, infinite. So there isn't anything to fit in. It's there are no boundaries. It's God. well. I mean, you're you're within the boundaries of like you know maybe moral, ethical. Do you know what I'm saying? Because we are our morality. You know, it's our morality that sets us apart, right? And our our conscience and our morals. So in that way, I think as long as you're not hurting anybody, and you're you've got morals. You know, you're not out there, you know, you, yes. I mean, I think, but let's just say that you live in a very conservative neighborhood in New York. Well, you might be a little bit more restrained than you would be if you're living in a mountaintop cabin in Denver. You know what I mean? Depending on your setting, what country you're in. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. I think our environment plays a part in that too, but. You know, you find people that encourage you to be yourself. And I mean, I have found that there are people that are in very staid conservative circles that still within themselves 
really do possess quite a bit of freedom, but the average person wouldn't see it. You know, people express freedom in different ways too. It's not that you have to go out there and look like you're so different. So you know I, mean? I do. And this is, brings up something I was curious about, because are you still in Dallas? I still am in Dallas. So how yeah. does a bright beacon of spectacular creativity and light shine in texas oh well texas is a great place it really is many years ago you're gonna laugh that i did the auto show this is so long ago and we traveled around the country and i'd already seen the country before because i traveled when i was younger went everywhere i think i've been everywhere in the u.s except for san francisco and oregon Oh my but God. I've been everywhere. Yeah. And I kind of deduced when I was younger that Dallas really was a great place to live. And I, when I did the auto show, by the time I did that, I never even barely went out. I'd already seen everything. And I mean, I did go out some, but Dallas is a great place. I mean, there is a lot of, there is a, something here for everybody. It's not like, where are you guys? Are you all in? We're in San, San Francisco, Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, the place I haven't been before. <laughs> the one the one places I have been. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm getting to see what y'all are all about. Now there I'm you go. What San Francisco are about. I, I glitter. Yeah. And <laughs> so have you figured out, Greg, have you figured out the paradox of you being one with everyone and also being unique and different from everyone is, is both possible at the same time? The only... Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, do well, you ask me, Greg? So, the the um, analogy I've heard that resonates best with me, which I'm not completely, but as I've heard um, in Buddhist studies about a drop of water falling into the ocean, and the uniqueness of that drop is very apparent as it's falling, and when it hits the ocean all the elements of that drop are still present, but now there's no differentiation between it and the ocean. Well, but when that drop of water enters your body, it becomes Greg. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'm going to show at the exit door. (laughs) I have to show the exit door like every 45 minutes to an hour. Now this thing old sucks. Oh, excuse me. I apologize. I no, no, you shouldn't have to apologize. We're here to support you, Dora. I'm just being well, funny and failing. So what well, is it you were trying to say no, when I interrupted right. you? Well, I just have this thought that what you said, the drop in the ocean. Okay, we can't see the drop, but our eyesight's limited. Yes, okay. I like agree. If you, had, if you had a microscope and the drop was tinted, you could see the drop. Do you know what I'm trying to say? It's I like do. the drop is still there, unique in the ocean. I mean, it's like it's not, you know, you know what, Greg, you are, how do I say it again? I think where we fit in the universe, is that what you're talking about? How do we fit in the universe? Is that what you're saying? Not, I think with what you just said about if our eyesight is limited is pointing to the door that I see as God or, you know, the door that's that stepping into the eternal is that acknowledgement of our physical realm is limited. Okay. One, I love that. And one thing I did want to say that when we look at God, did you know that if the earth was, I think it's like a tiny bit off orbit that we would burn to cinders, like a millimeters, millimeters, like a tenth of whatever. We would burn to a cinder. Wow. Yeah, and God keeps us on that. You know, it's like he's he's pretty, he can do a lot. And I think a part of my journey is like then trusting in that and not in people because people are always going to let you down. And here's, this is what, like, at the beginning, before we started recording, I said, I'm in this surly place. What I've been reflecting on this morning is my negative energy 
is still there for me to heal. Like if either one of you said to me, Greg, you're a purple lizard on a rolling bowling ball, it would have no effect at all. It's meaningless to me. There's no merit to it. But like you just said, there's things that I'm upset about that are removing me from my place of peace and love. Yes. And even though I've given them names of people I know in my life, really it's an energy inside me that I'm still working to heal. And I so get that. And it drains you, you know, when people say and do things. And you know what? Sometimes for me, it's like, you know, maybe you vent about it, but then, you know, there's forgiveness. And then there's also recognizing that, okay, what did they do that made me feel bad about myself? Because basically some what keeps us in unforgiveness because you could forgive someone, but you can still be holding on to a lie. Because, I mean, can I give you an example? Absolutely. It's like when, like, I think it was, when was it? Last week, I had a friend, she canceled on me three times in a row, last minute. And the first two things were pretty big things. So, you know, and then the third time it happened, didn't even get a call. I had to text her and find out. So, you know, I'm like not really happy about it. And it made me feel, her actions made me feel less than. But that was how I, that was my reaction. That's not what she meant to say. But, you know, in her, who, in, you know, maybe in what she's going through or in her, just maybe she's just not herself right now. I made that determination about myself. And so that's a lot of what I want to help people with is that we, someone does something to you and we are wired to react negatively often at first. And if we don't go back and change that negative thought we made about ourselves, it can stick with us. And it can create those bad feelings, you know, and mic drop from the upshift fairy. Awesome. And that's the, do you, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And what the dichotomy for me, the war inside me is God created me wondrously. And what's the other word? Frightfully. Frightfully. Fearfully. Fearfully and wonderfully. Fearfully and wonderful. Okay. And so my faith is that God didn't create me where my knee-jerk response, my natural response to something like you just shared is negative. So where did what where did okay. it come from? Okay, so let let's do this, okay? So in our being we have a certain amount of freedom. Y'all remember, we all have freedom. Right. We have freedom to make these choices. So if you know that God created you fearful and wonderfully, that should help you battle what the world throws at you. That's what I'm working on is to really know it. Deep, yeah. You deep. need to know that because that's what you go back to when you get those messages about yourself. No, I'm not going to believe that. I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. I am not a whatever, whatever, or a whatever, whatever, because, you know, really nine times out of 10, that person who maybe treated you poorly, they're just not happy in themselves. They're having a bad day. They didn't mean to make you feel like that, but, you know, you know what I'm saying? I do. It's always good to take the high road if possible. It's very hard. Yes. yes. <laughs> the high road is like, you know. I agree. I agree. All right. Our producer just threw in some music. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, oh. I know. It's a little, it's a little uh, unnerving. Does it mean what that? It mean that right, no more music. Come on. Oh, my God. 
So fun. Y'all, this was so fun. Really. I, I, I have another question for you. This is going back to fashion. Um, is the industry itself part of your passion with fashion? The industry? Right. Like the business of fashion. It's funny you say business of fashion because there's a really great publication online called BOF. And it's so expensive to join, but I read the, the little headlines when, the, when I get the emails and I'm like, oh, maybe I should join because I'm really curious, you know, but it's really for people in the industry and it's, it's so good, but no, it's not the industry. It's more, I mean, that is, well, I mean, you know, the ins and outs of the designers and where, who's where and who's doing what and what's going to be big this year or how, you know, how's AI affect fashion? You know, how does sustainability affect fashion? The, uh, you know, the new trend now is all these really expensive brands, like the top couture brands, they all now cater to the 1% of spenders. Like they do outrageous things for these 1%. Wow. They, I mean, they throw parties, I have store, I mean, just do outrageous things for these this one percent but i mean that is interesting but i think with fashion it's more or less the fact that i can look at a garment and it looks like art to me Hmm. and i just it's just like and uh, wearing it is probably more fun (laughs) so So do you create your own garments No, no i don't oh i do i do because i take pieces and i work with my alterations people and I say, this is what I want. Okay. I want you to cut the hem off and make sleeves with it. Uh, the jacket's too short. Let's do something else with it. Like it's so fun. And even like the best designers, like you can buy a garment from them and think, Oh, well, so-and-so did it. It's perfection, but maybe not on you. Maybe it needs to be longer or shorter or smaller or fit differently you know, than what the designer thought. So, cause we're all different. So yeah, I do like to make things over and I, it's like middies into minis. Then you have all the sex material to do something else with. It's yeah. So when you look at, when I look at stuff, I'm like, Ooh, I could do that to it. Or I could do that to it. You know, I look at stuff with that potential. How much work would that take? What would that cost? What would my alterations lady say? Would she go crazy? Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you uh, about your cheer squad and the role that they play in your forward momentum and keeping your spirits up. Thank you. I love my cheer squad. They play a part. They've played a part in everything that we've done moving forward with the motivational talk. We did at first try that, but, it just wasn't, it wasn't an element that was like integral. And with the new show, we will have, you know, I'm sure I'll be using some of the cheer squad in the new project, but it's not going to be as centered on that because the new content that we're moving towards is more kind of like fun fashion stuff. And then like wellness stuff and comedy. That's probably what I've redefined. Can you speak a little bit about the medicine of comedy? Oh, yes. Laughter has been shown to actually increase hopefulness in people and help them construct more alternatives to a situation they may be going through. Like if, you know, if you're depressed and you laugh because you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then you laugh. It's going to put you in a place where you might start thinking of things that you can do. Are there any are there any stand up comedians or shows that are a go to for you? Where 
Oh, I okay. So my longtime coach of six and a half years is a regular and very busy with four day weekend improv. So four day weekend improv comedy is an improv theater. They started out in Fort Worth like 30 years ago. They opened a branch in Dallas. Oh, I think it was about, gosh, maybe seven or eight years ago, I think. Can't remember the exact year. And these guys are so professional and so such good people. And my coach, Colton, we don't, we're only working on a weekly basis now. He's gotten so busy with them. But, you know, I'm hoping, you know, that'll, that changes the case sometimes. And we work on like ideas. And it, when you're collaborating with people, it just, it's so great. But to see Colton perform, he does the loop pedal. And you can throw a word at him and he'll start drumming up a chorus. The loop pedal will record it. So then when he sings the main, like the main verse or then he'll use the loop pedal to back it up. And it's like this whole collage. It's so great. So they've been doing that at a lot of corporate, they do corporate shows. That's what they mainly do. They do this corporate work. I also work with a guy who's wonderful, Josh, and he's from LA and he's an improv there. So I love improvisation. It's helped me. You guys, have you done improv? Yeah. We've done it on the show a couple of times and we're working up uh, a routine ourselves. We're going to do a duet, uh, a comedy team together. Oh my gosh. That's great. Where in in San Francisco or online? Well, we're just working on it. And of course we'll have to do it in our area first. Um, But then, then we'll travel the world and make people laugh. I I cannot wait. You guys are going to have to like keep me in the loop, okay? Well, I'm a little concerned though because I'm supposed to be the straight guy, but today okay. Greg's been the straight guy and I've been the 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 funny guy. So I don't know, but, you know, we're going Well, no, I guess what? I think that's the beauty of it. Don't put switch between y'all and you know there could be some humor in that. That yeah. you're and I think that will make that will surprise the audience too. Like they'll like if you set a tone with one way and then suddenly everything shifts, there'll be novelty yeah. in that. It'll, yeah. it'll be fun. Oh yeah. The unexpected is what is funny. And you know, if it happens naturally, organically, now really it's unexpected. And then when it happens organically, that's the best. That's improv. Like that brief it's dance like- interlude we just had a few minutes ago. Pardon? Like the brief dance interlude we just had a few yeah. minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I didn't know that you were like on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> yeah, Dancing with the Mud. <laughs> no. Oh, Dancing. No. Dancing. We're gonna call it. Oh, the one. Don't let my inner Eeyore bring you down. It's just part of the story. That's right. That's a. Don't let my inner Eeyore bring you down. Add seventies folder. I touch myself. I don't want anyone around. Wait, wait. It's that's comedy. <laughs> the Grateful uh, Dead are dead and yeah. more grateful. Oh, well, guess what? You could then you do your glitter bop. Oh, you do your glitter bop. You should do that. <laughs> oh dear. Then I'll just flip out. I'll start sending my darkness on. <laughs> We'll get oh, you some dark gray glitter, Greg. Handsome over. over. I'll take some. Now, one oh, of my Thank one you. of my favorite oh. like comedy things is um did you see the Lego movie? The very first one that No, came? I didn't. I can't read that. Me either. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's it says here you go. It says Sunny Sparkles and it's got a picture of an an a uh, unicorn dragging its dirty butt across the floor like the dogs do sometimes. Okay, oh, okay. that's a true. Oh, that's, okay. that's what that's <laughs> we what just lost about. our one listener. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, even unicorns, they're not perfect. I have to go. <laughs> exactly. Ooh. I don't blame you. Remember <laughs> that time that the guest time. left the show in the middle, Mark? Remember the time the guest left the show in the it middle? Was all was like, because of that. Yes. Like, I still cry about okay. it. All right. All right. She's not recovered. You know, it's been a couple years and she's, she's still right. upset. Okay. 
So yeah. another question here for you. Um, I saw on your video, you shared about your relationship with your father and that mm-hmm. how you came to this amazing place where you forgave him. Is he still alive right now? No, he passed. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, but we made peace and it was beautiful. That's so your forgiveness came while he was still alive. Yes, and I got, I felt like God kept him alive (laughs) until (laughs) I was ready. No, really, I'm serious. Because God kept him alive until he's ready to really forgive him and really forgive him. Wow. Because I remember, pardon? For both of you. Yeah, we both got peace. And you know that I remember I told a dear friend, I said, I really forgave my dad. And I told him I loved him. She goes, oh, well, I told when I told my dad I loved him, I still wanted to tell him in spite of you doing this and that and that. I said, no, I didn't feel like that. And it's like, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I forgive you in spite of you doing all these other things. It was like, I just, I love you, you know? And I knew he loved me back. And I could see, you know, what was really neat is that I could see that he just had a lot of crust. And it was a lot of what? A lot of crust. Crust. And and hurt stuff. You know, and I think his parents had been very critical of him growing up. And it and partly, you know, it was having a perfect heavenly father who wouldn't who wouldn't treat me like that, that helped me forgive him. Do you see what I'm saying? Because we need a yeah. father. We need a father. A father is so important. Father is like the most important person, really, that you have to deal with that in your life. You know, if he hasn't been good, you really need to deal with it because that can really affect your life. I went to a ministry many years ago, and they told me that girls that had healed from a relationship with their father totally changed. Totally changed. Let me. Yeah. yeah. Did you experience that for yourself? I think so. Yeah. 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 People that have known me for a long time or seen me, I think there's this, it's a little embarrassing because I'm completely not the same person, (laughs) (laughs) you know, especially from high school. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You change because you let go of all that baggage. Yeah. You know, and anger and whatever it is and, yeah especially if you're trying to put on a show and there's all this anger backstage polluting the show still trying to yeah you want to you want to be able to like be a free channel or be as free as you can because trust me there's enough in showbiz that's already there (laughs) trust me i've learned i know it's not you know it's it's showbiz is really tough and i mean it's a lot of people in showbiz do have things. And I mean, my old mentor, may he, you know, rest in peace, Paul Ninest, he died 13 years ago. My dad passed five years ago. My mm-hmm. Paul passed 13 years ago. But Paul always said, because he was this big around the world celebrity, because he did hair. And he always said that 90 something percent of people's goals and dreams don't work out because of issues. Well, you know, it's an incentive to kind of get rid of, you know, clear, kind of clear the air before. Yeah, if you it. can take, hmm? if you take your own trash out, it's really helpful for everyone you come in contact with. You. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And even if you still take your trash out, it's still hard. Yeah. You know? yeah. The world is still a hard place, but you'll you're better equipped to not you know react and to react back you know what well, seems like you're committed Dora, to shifting the vibe i mean I, it seems like everything you're doing is designed to shift the vibe for people to change them an uplift right upshift yeah. as you say yes thank you yes you know what if we don't have a reason for living that's helping people something's not right Hmm. You know, that's true yeah you've got to have your you've got to you've got to want to help people and that's what i can do and you know but trust me i'm still like it doesn't mean that i'm a better person at all you know what i mean i, I mean do. I'm, yeah you're 
it's you're committed to doing what you need to do to move towards the heavenly father with every breath and every intention. Well, I mean, I, I try. I don't think, I mean, I, <laughs> I fall short a lot. I got to tell you, I have like, you know, I'm sure I've got, I've got vices. I've got, I react not great sometimes. And I have to like think through it really hard or talk about it with someone or it takes me time. You know, mm. sometimes mm. think, and I know I've made a lot of mistakes, but you know, uh, we're all human and I mean, that's just a part of it, but having that, I think is what, I think it's what we're here for. Like, I mean, you know, we're here for a purpose and it's not, you know, of course we want to have a good life and everything, but if you don't have, I think a greater purpose, then I just don't think you're really thinking. I think people need to find their greater purpose. Let me say Mm. that. People need to find their greater purpose. And if they need to get healed first, you know, because we have one chance here. And I, I mean, I'm looking forward to the life after this life, but we have one chance here to do it. And, you know, it, it, it means a lot. And sometimes it means too much to me. <laughs> uh-huh. So that's something that I have to battle with, you know, like sometimes I go like, ah, this is, you know, you, you know, you when want- things, get wa- when things get weighty like that, this kind of thing's really important. Uh, <laughs> you know, at least it goes with your hat. <laughs> for those of you who can't see me right now, I put my clown nose on, which I only do for special guests. Put the clown nose on. Oh, oh, thank <laughs> or the Rudolph nose, depending on how you want to look at. It. Right. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you. That was that was great. Thank you. That. Well, I'm inspired by you, Dora. Oh, spectacular. You. Just reading about you and knowing that I was going to get to see you, it really lifted my spirits today. Oh. Um, and I'm grateful that you showed up and grateful for what you're doing. And I just feel so much encouragement for you. And we want to know more about what's happening as this new endeavor takes shape and, and your talk starts to take shape. Um, maybe when it's launched, we can come have you come back or something like that. And um, we're getting close to the end of the show. And unless Greg has another question or there's something you want to share, how can people get in touch with you, Dora? Well, I guess they can go on my website or through Instagram. Okay. And that's Dora... Dora Spectacular. Dot com. and then yes. at Dora Spectacular on Instagram. Yes. Again, no sliding into the DMs unless you're wearing glitter. Um, <laughs> it, it's exactly. Everybody go buy that glitter, but not that glitter that he showed you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. that. We have that nasty. we have a really important question that we ask all yeah, our I'm guests. Joking. We have great glitter. Yeah. It looks good on you. <laughs> I'm impervious to your negative criticism, my glitter. Don't worry. <laughs> no. Anyway, the final question of every interview we do is, and it's really important to both Greg and I, it's like close to our heart. We don't ask it frivolously. It's actually, we do care about your answer yeah. and it helps us really know you and it helps the audience really get a sense of you as like the last piece. So the question is M&M or Foo Fighters? Uh, you know, I've never had a Foo Fighter, but I'll take a, I'll take a chocolate peanut M&M. Is that Got good? It. How about a red yeah, one? No, I don't know. Too much dye. How about a brown one? A brown M&M. All the ones that Van Halen didn't eat when they were in touring in the, the 80s. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, oh, they didn't eat the other colors? They, they had in their writer that there could be no brown M&Ms. Oh! <laughs> well, actually, they were eating all the dyed ones. They were eating all the unhealthy ones. The brown ones are supposedly better because they don't have all the food dye on them. Yeah, that's or something. I don't know. I got to tell you this. Okay. I used to know a producer, and she traveled around with all the rock bands. Mm. And she was the last point of entry. Well, Ooh, what I mean is that she was the last point of, like, 
giving entry to the girl to the oh all the you know what do you call it groupies the groupies that would follow them she was the last person to say you or no she did that for all the bands and i don't think she liked van halen (laughs) she told me who the nice ones were and then she told me who the nasty ones were but she did that for a long time she traveled with all of them she was their top producer yeah Oh, yeah, awesome. a lot of stories. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. can't write that book because yeah. no way. Dave. I know, I know, I know, and I can't say her name, and I forgot. It's been so long. That's all right. But I I'll love read. the question. Is that good? Chocolate M and M. Does it tell you all about me? That was. Perfect. It sure does. That was okay. a and, uh, Did I give up too no much? Answers quite like you, Dora. No okay. one has answered quite like you. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so that was unique. Okay. <laughs> and that tells us everything about you. And again, oh, yeah. we are so grateful to have spent time with you. Thank and it's, you. Uh, I'm yeah. going to be just floating in, in joy for at least 10 minutes after this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I, listen, you guys have really uplifted, upshifted, upped, upped me. Because actually, I was having, a, I'm having kind of a rough morning. <laughs> So I know awesome for me. Isn't it great to connect? It is. Oh yeah. Beautiful. It really is. Yeah. You guys just brightened up my day the minute I saw y'all. So you guys just keep, keep it up, please. Oh my God. You, 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 you touched my heart with your Southern. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) Uh Well, thank you, Dora, and all the best with these two new ventures you're about to thank unfold. You. And thank you. we look forward to seeing more of you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. 